is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. How are you, sir? Hi, Don. Everything's good. It's God, Friday. Just, it's Friday. There's just like a, a lot going on. Um, there were 13 games of the NHL last night. Seven of them decided in overtime. Not one of them went to the shootout. Seven went the extra, and all of them decided in overtime. As Crazy. God intended. It, <laughs> as God intended is right. But it was it was a fun night, and you're just starting to see some teams really flexing their muscle. Winnipeg wins their eighth in a row, and, and this looked like it was. You know, I was following this game. I was watching. I'm like, they're they're not going to lose to the blue the uh, Blackhawks one nothing. Like that's what it kind of looked like. I like, are you serious? And then uh, Velarde gets his tenth of the year and a third to tie it, and then Ehlers wins it on a gorgeous goal in overtime. You know, held the Blackhawks to 21 shots, but you know, they, right now they've taken over first place overall in the NHL. This this is no joke. What's happening in Winnipeg right now? No, absolutely not. They look great. Um, I actually just pulled Connor Hellebuck in NHL 24 as a uh, as a player of the month because he's been playing so well. Um, that team is very good. They have the offense now. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Shifley left the game with an injury. Mm-hmm. That is a concern. He did come back to celebrate the overtime goal, though. Then he's fine. So, so yeah, that that seemed to be the feeling that maybe it's not that serious that he was able to come out after the Ehlers goal, um, playing without yeah. Kyle Connor. Although he's like one of the only minus players on the team, but you know, you know how good he can be. So. Yeah. Well, look, when a team is hot, all you can work, all you can hope is that they stay hot and that they don't have mm-hmm. injuries. And right now, Winnipeg is. Doing everything right. Um, haven't lost in regulation in the last 10, and they've won eight straight. Um, and they are the best. Right now, I don't want to spoil anything. They look like the best team in hockey. Yeah, they do. I mean, and again, it's not, it, it's, as we've seen with the Rangers, and we'll get to them in a second, <sighs> that, you know, it's about finding consistency, and you're going to go through your trials and tribulations, and, and how do you recover from those? Because eventually, you're going to hit a wall, and you're not going to play as well as you've played, and how do you react to that? I remember... Um, covering the Devils back in the day and Jacques Lemaire um, the Devils had won like a few games in a row and, and he had like not that he was happy the team lost but he's like I'm really looking forward to see how we respond to this because everything's great you're winning games and, and maybe you let down your guard and, and then you, bad habits are created but because you're so skilled you win anyway and I think this is the case with the Rangers when they had all those come from behind victories remember and they were winning games that maybe they weren't supposed to win maybe yep. that was a harbinger of things that eventually came where now all of a sudden you start losing games and I remember Jacques is just right around you know the mid '90s when the Devils were you know winning cups of of you know, I, I want to see how this team responds to this now they they face some adversity and so we'll see what happens with Winnipeg Canucks the same thing they you know they let the Penguins back into it they blow a three one lead but they end up winning the game in overtime Brock Besser is why isn't anybody talking about this guy he's got 27 goals it's all about Miller it's all about Pedersen it's all about Hughes but you know I got to see him firsthand on Monday he's terrific so this Vancouver Winnipeg thing is. Uh, is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Besser's great. Um, the silent assassin on that team because of the names that you mentioned that everybody kind of focuses on, but I certainly wouldn't want uh, to give him any open space for to, because he's got a great shot. Uh, he can create for himself. He creates for his teammates. Um, Penguins fought, absolutely. That was that was exciting to see, but you know what? Um, yeah, right now you look at Vancouver, I, I still believe they're the best offensive team in hockey, and they showed it again last night against a Penguin team. Uh, that obviously has a propensity to give up goals. And um, I also think that uh, Winnipeg, those two teams right now, uh, look to be teams that are going to be very, very tough to beat. 7-2-1 in their last 10 on a four-game win streak. They destroyed 
the Metro, as we talked about, uh, and they continued that with their win over Pittsburgh last night. Yeah, and another couple of goals for Sid the Kid. Uh, pretty amazing what he's been able to do. This year was a 20, 24 goals now, so he got him back into it with a pair, including the game tire. Um, saw an interesting tweet from Rob Rossi, who covers the Penguins. Okay. Um, and a response from our own E.J. Raddick. I don't know if you saw great. this. E.J. Raddick, I haven't seen um, anything. Mike Bossy is one of the five best pure goal oh, scorers in NHL history. Sidney Crosby, not a natural goal scorer, just passed him on the all-time list. Young Penguins fan, learn about Bossy. Everyone else acknowledged Crosby. And then EJ responded with Bossy, 752 games, Crosby, 1,230. But to Rossi's point, he's not like a goal Gretzky, scorer. he's not a goal scorer. I mean, he's a playmaking center that scores goals. Yes. Um, where th- that was always the the gripe I had when you're comparing Ovechkin to Crosby. They're two completely different players. Ovechkin is a winger that scores goals. Crosby is a playmaking center that, because he's so good, will score goals. Yeah. But that's not his best asset, where scoring was Bossy's best asset, where scoring was Ovechkin's best asset. So he's kind of like Gretzky in that sense. I mean, Gretzky was so good, he still scored more goals than everybody else, but it wasn't his best skill set. So I get what I get. You know, EJ grew up an Islander fan, so obviously sensitive. We just lost Mike Bossy, you know, last year and all that. And Bossy had back problems, and that's why he had to retire early. Otherwise, he would have had way more goals. Um, but it's still interesting that um, not being a pure goal scorer, Crosby's been able to accom- uh, been accomplish what he's been able to do, and, and it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. No, look, I think I've grown to uh, past my Rangers fan hatred of both. Crosby and Ovechkin just because of how talented they were when at a, at a time when the Rangers weren't as talented. Then when they got the chance to play them in the playoffs and was able and were able to beat them every now and again, um, that kind of lost its luster for me in terms of the hatred. And I kind of just appreciated them as Ovechkin being a pure goal scorer and Crosby mm-hmm. being an all around great player. Of course, he also uh, broke my heart in the Olympics when he scored the OT goal. Uh, that was brutal. The golden um, goal. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, no, I mean, look, he's he's one of the best all-around players that I've ever seen, and there's uh, he has to be, you know, he has to get his credit for that. Um, yeah, obviously, Mike Bossy, much more known for his goal scoring, um, but there's there's no shame in passing Mike Bossy, no matter how many games more he played than Mike Bossy, or how long it took him to surpass him. Uh, and as long as Crosby's on that team, it seems like the the Penguins are gonna are gonna fight. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to make the playoffs this year, but they're going to certainly keep it interesting as long as Crosby's doing what he's doing. No question. And uh, Florida wins in overtime over the Kings. Kings had a lead in this one, but Kachuk scores late to tie it. You want to talk about a struggling team? Oh, the Kings? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, this was actually a rare loss on the road, but you know, very quietly. 2-4-4 four you know, four in the last... Ugh. Gosh. I know, not 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 good, not especially good in that division when you see what, what, what Edmonton's doing and, and, and all that, but... You know, Sam Reinhart's got 30 goals. He's awesome. Like, just very, very quietly. Um, I mean, we've noticed it because we watch all the time, but, like, not one of the guys that kind of jump out. You You think of Barkoff, you think of Kachuk. You know, Reinhart's not the guy that jumps to mind when you're thinking about the Florida Panthers, who, by the mark my words, will win the Atlantic. I mean, they've won nine in Ooh. a row right now. Boston has lost three straight, although all in overtime. Yeah, at least Boston's they got points still, out of it. But I'm, but, but I'm telling you, the, the thing with Boston is is that you can't rip two significant centers out of that lineup and not think it's going to hurt you. And and, and that's that's what I'm kind of interested to see, how Boston – they're, they're still exceptionally talented, but Florida proved something last year, and they're just chugging along, and I, I think the Panthers are going to win that division, and the Panthers are going to be every bit the threat – that we didn't even realize they were going to the playoffs last year. 
Yeah, no, I mean, look, we, we thought, I thought for sure, look, this is a team, Don, and remember this, everyone thought this was going to be the Rangers uh, this year with how they started. It's like, oh, well, Boston is going to be that team. They're going to win the President's Trophy. I think it was pretty much determined by December that they were going to run away with it. And it, they just didn't slow down. And then they got slowed down in the playoffs. But when you lose, not only did you lose two key centers, you lost two foundational pieces to that team, veteran leaders on that team. Like, that's a lot to ask. And you had to expect at some point that it was going to rear its ugly head. And by the way, rearing its ugly head, they still have less than 10 regulation losses. They're only one overtime loss behind the Islanders for most in the league. And they have 57 points leading the East. So it's not like, you know, they've completely fallen off a cliff. But they are going to have to find some consistency consistency and some and their depth is going to have to step up if they want to maintain that position because as you said Florida and Reinhardt on fire yeah they, and then they just wear you down and they can get goals from so many different places their their blue line is is, is better than maybe advertised there's a, yeah, there's a lot so. going on there uh Oilers win again uh mm-hmm. three two in overtime over Detroit 47 shots on goal nurse gets the game winner over time that feels like a lot so you don't feel like there's any kind of uh, anything stopping this Oiler team. It was a little bit of a slow start, but now they've kind of find themselves, and I think clearly now they're a playoff team. So you make the coaching change. It seems to work eventually. Uh, you know, McDavid with his 16th goal. You know, it's all the usual suspects, but that was a nice win in Detroit for, for the Edmonton Oilers, who are just on fire now as they've won nine in a row. Well, look, we know that they could play regular season hockey. They didn't earlier in the season, but we know that this is where they shine. Uh, they have a plus 20 goal differential, and they're the only team in the wild card spots in the West that have a positive goal differential. That is going to be an advantage for them. Um, if they get better goaltending, which they have recently, and you have McDavid and Dreisaitl putting in their one to two points every game, literally every game mm-hmm. they will score or be involved in scoring in some capacity. And as you pointed out, Don, they have games in hand on everybody ahead of them and everybody behind them, and they're at where they're at with the Kings. Both have 38 games, and the Kings are struggling. You could we went from them not even making the playoffs. They could possibly be top three in the Pacific, and that's pretty crazy. No, it is. It, it is for sure. Now, now the other t- red hot team, the Kraken, they win over oh. the Capitals. Woo. Good. It was nice to see Pacioretty score. Yeah, good for him. But the Capitals just aren't good right now. In Seattle, eight straight wins. Uh, when was the last time they even lost a game uh, in regulation? You Hasn't been in the last ten. Um, yeah, so they've been. Uh, I'm just trying to see. That's here. another team. Winnipeg, them. I mentioned somebody before that also hadn't, I thought, uh, lost a game in regulation in 10. Their, la- their last game loss in regulation was to Minnesota on wow. December 10th. That's a bad team. You know, no, they're not, and, you know, and I hope it's not that drawn out. Marc-Andre Fleury taking over second overall in wins. He's tied with Patrick Waugh. They gave him the start the other night against Dallas. He lost big. Mm. Um, didn't start in their second game. Hopefully he'll be able to get this done. It's just getting crazy that he's going to have the second most wins in the history of the National Hockey League. It is pretty crazy. crazy. But um, And then you see... And I Joey was Decord, inter- by the way. You want to talk goalies. That's R- one, you look no further than as to why the Kraken are be as successful as they are. He's been... Vesna level unbelievable within the last month, and that's been a big difference for them. Right? That's that's been huge, and and there's a, there was a few things that you 
little markers where you're like, okay, uh, they had they had the whole win in Seattle for the Winter Classic. Okay, well, they kind of come back down to earth there. They didn't. All right? Oh, West, Western team making the swing east. Is, is that going to slow them down? Hasn't. Now, again, Buffalo and Washington aren't world beaters, but didn't matter. They go on the, this east coast swing, and they, they take care of Buffalo 5-2, to two, take care of Washington 4-1. to one. They've got – they should be able to at least be in position to keep the streak alive on Saturday against Columbus. And then it'll get interesting because you'll have three games in four nights where they're going to take on Pittsburgh and the Rangers back-to-back and then travel on their way back to Seattle to Edmonton to finish up the five-game road trip, and then they return home for Toronto. So it's going to get to next week, spilling into the week after that, then they're home against Chicago and St. Louis. So you know they still have a chance to make a major run, but that'll be huge. I think they can keep this going for another game, and then those three games and four nights are going to be very interesting for Seattle to close out this road trip. Yeah, big test for them. Um, they've answered the bell on pretty much every occasion. See how it see how it shakes out here, but them and Edmonton certainly are finding their way to climb back into the ranks here. I don't trust Nashville. Um, the Kings have struggled, no question about it. So the Pacific now, which we thought was going to be kind of locked in with those top three teams, maybe Edmonton cracks the top three. Maybe Seattle gets into the wild card spot. Um, Nashville, like I said, I don't trust Nashville. The Blues and the Flames have gone through transitions, and certainly the Blues looked good last night, but um, I don't think that they're going to be vying for a, a playoff spot for far too long. I think that the teams no, ahead of them are better, um, and we will see where it goes with Seattle. But right now, if Decord plays the way he's been playing, they're going to win a lot of games. Now, now you go to the Rangers. You mentioned them. Why? The Blues beat them mm-hmm. last night. You know, five to two. Sure. The first three-game losing streak for the Rangers, although they did earn a point in Montreal, so uh, they did have a point in in the last three, but still three straight games without a win for the first time this year. Yeah. And, you know, you can look at the positive, and I've heard this from Ranger fans. Well, wait a minute, Don. You know, the offense is still clicking. They've had 40-plus shots the last three games. Um, you didn't have Mika Zibanejad last night in the last second, so that not only hurt the power play, but it also hurt the kill. Absolutely. But, again, five-on-five play is not where it is. Yep. Spotting teams leads. You know, you spotted Montreal three goal lead. You were you trailed pretty much the whole game against Vancouver. Pretty much after Adam Fox scored last night, once Cairo scored that second goal on the power play, the Blues never trailed again. You're chasing your tail, and that's going to produce a lot of shots. They are a skilled team that's going to get a lot of rubber at the goaltender, but it's happening because you're down multiple goals. That's not. There's no way to live that way. And then you can't play Laviolette's system when you're chasing two, three-goal deficits. So now they've been completely out of whack. Uh, now Shostorkin, again, questions, is Shostorkin, you know, okay? Because he hasn't looked great in the last couple against Vancouver and St. Louis. And here's the disturbing thing. All right, I know you lost Mika for the kill, but the Blues were the worst power play team in the league. They had 10 power play goals going into the game last night, yep. and they go two for three on the power play, and that turned out to be a huge difference in the game. So, yeah, there's some reasons why that they kind of came up short, and there's some adversity going on with uh, – some of the injuries and all that, but uh, it, something just isn't right here over the last, what, like 16, 17 games for oh, yeah. Rangers where they're starting to come back down to earth. Oh, well, look, you started to see it. Um, we've talked about it at length that the Lafreniere Trocheck line and the Trocheck and Panarin helped score on the power play last night is really the only line that's giving you any consistency. Last night without Mika, you could forget about it. I mean, they were already weak at center to begin with. You don't have your top center. You only had to play 11 forwards. You had Zach Jones make a very costly uh, turnover to make it 4-2. to two. Brandon uh, Braden Schneider actually had a terrible turnover, and I've mentioned that a couple of times. I like Schneider, but he has not had a good month 
Um, he has turned the puck over way too much in the defensive zone. That led to the Trocheck penalty. That led to the third goal. Um, the Blues, Don, didn't have a, a shot for, I think, almost 16 minutes of play. And then you had the Cairo breakaway. And that's kind of frustrating. Now, Steve Aliquette puts out his clear sight analytics graphics every right. game. Uh, and I, I it was jarring to me. I don't know if you saw today's. The Rangers had uh, 45 chances. 16% were high danger chances. They had an expected goals last night for the high danger chances of 4.73. They only had two. Their mm. expected goals, 6.55. I don't know how much you look at these things, Don, when Valley puts them out. Nobody has an expected goals of over six. And if they do, they're scoring six goals. Right. The Blues had an expected goals last night of 3.49. They only scored four because Valcat doesn't count empty netters because that, what do you, you know, that, that's right. not really what a thing. Yeah. But their expected goals on high danger chances were three. They had four. So did Shesterkin let in one he shouldn't have? Yeah, probably the Cairo breakaway where it looked like he kind of gave up on it. But I looked at it and I said, they're, I said bad luck and bad luck and they're playing bad. That's not a good combo because the goals they're giving up, they're supposed to be giving up, but there's way too many of them. Yeah, and you had as many shots as they have done. They had 40 shots in the last three games. Each of the last three games, they haven't scored at the clip they should when they have that many shots. And Bennington looked great last night. They've run into some hot goaltending, but something has to change. And when you go down like you said, the way they do, and you have and you're unlucky facing a hot goaltender, you're going to lose a lot of games. Yeah, well, but again, it just it circles back to the true problem. You say, all right, well, listen, Montembeau, uh, Demko, Bennington, they were just hot. And the Rangers have hit a ton of posts, and there's a couple of things haven't gone their way. But this five-on-five play, it goes back to last year. It's a problem. It's an issue that needs to get taken care of. Now, they should get Kako back. And I thought, you know, they didn't really get the experiment of Will Cooley playing on the top line because Mika didn't play. So I would think Kako, if he plays tomorrow, will be on that right wing for the top line. So they get a little bit healthier there. So, you know, we'll see. How, um, you don't think they uh, ease him back in? I know Laviolette kind of hinted at the idea of if he's cleared by the doctors, he's cleared. But you know, especially on back to backs, like is he gonna is he gonna play top line minutes all the time? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You're right. You know, maybe maybe they keep Cooley up there and and in play have him play on the third or fourth line. I don't know. I, that I just, third line though, Don. That's just that's the pro- like that third line with no Heedle. You either have Benino centering it or Lecision will center it or. Or, yeah, or control center like, it. It's just honest, not. I don't feel like this team is is scoring anything unless two things are happening. One, that that Panarin, Lafreniere, and Trocheck are on the ice, or they're on the power play. Like pretty much, feel, yeah. You, you don't feel like any other time, any other line, five on five, that they are really any kind of a threat to score, and that's a problem. And again, Laviolette's system works when they've got a lead to protect the lead. When when they kind of dictate, but when you you fall behind three nothing, you kind of throw any system out. Now you're just trying to get goal, and now you see Laviolette's kind of pulling those. Um, the, the what you saw from Gallant in the last couple of years, where all right, let's start making some changes. Let's start let's start double shifting Lafreniere, double shifting Panarin. Let's you know chase double shift VC at this point. He's been because, playing great. Because that's your point. Because you made the point like, well, you're getting shots on goal. What's the issue? Well, you're not finishing. You know, so you could say, well, it didn't look like it's an offensive problem, Don. They look how many shots they had against Vancouver. You know, but why was he changing the lines? Because they're not finishing. Yeah, as good as Lav you know. has played, he he probably, I believe Valakett said it last night as well uh, in one of the intermissions, 
um, he should have had he should have like 17 goals at this point. Based on he's got like a negative seven. One of the one of the fancy stats that says like expected goals. He no. should have seven more than he does. Now is that a finishing issue? Is that just bad luck? I don't know. I mean, look, Kreider hit the post twice and missed a wide open net last night. Um, if VC and Panarin had on those cross ice passes in the first and third periods the puck on their stick it, it, quickly, all they had to do was snap it past Bennington. He wasn't getting across, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And that's what's been that's what's been bugging them. But as you said, Don, we could talk about unlucky, but the main issue is this five on five giving up breakaways, yep. giving up breakout passes. That can't keep happening no matter how unlucky you are. And you know you got the home and home against Washington, which you could like, all right, well they can get well, but they never play well in D.C. And they've got a West Coast swing that's coming up here. Yeah, they still have a game in hand on Carolina, still have a game in hand on the Islanders, but this lead is shrinking. Carolina's seven, was it seven, one and two in their last ten? They're only three points back. Islanders win in overtime last night, get the Barzell goal in OT. Uh, they're they're not that far. They're six back, and the Rangers have a game in hand on them. But you know what's interesting about the schedule? We talked about this the other day. Uh, Anthony, that after this weekend, the Rangers are going to be done with the Capitals, haven't played the Islanders yet. So there's yep. four games that they have to play with the Islanders, and that's always a pain. So this division is not locked, locked up by any stretch, and then good luck getting filtered in with the rest of the wild card teams, you know, where Philly dropped down there. Tampa's played a crazy amount of games, but it's still Tampa. You know, Jersey did earn a point last night. I thought they did well fighting back down 3-1 in Tampa to at least earn a point without Hughes. Pittsburgh's all of a sudden find themselves plus 14 gold differential for Pittsburgh so you don't want to find yourself now battling with all those teams for a wild card spot you know so I don't think the Rangers are there yet but they've got to they got to clean this up you know one win in their last five what are they uh, eight seven and one or whatever in the last 16 like they've been a very average team now for a little while here and now the you know Carolina the Islanders they're starting to make up the games in hand and it's starting to be like an open competition. Uh, so let's see if they can right the ship here. Very interesting weekend. Quick, who hasn't won in a while, is going to play in one of these two games. So um, I'll be very interested to see when we wake up Monday morning where the Rangers are going to be as we'll be officially in the second half of the season. Yeah, look, I'm not as – look, I'm concerned with how the Rangers are playing. Am I concerned with the standings? It's hard to, it's hard to get – too worked up about where they're at. I know that Carolina and, and the Islanders have closed the ground, but guess what? That's why you don't give away po- give back points from the beginning of the season. The Rangers have afforded themselves the ability to go on this little stretch here where they're only playing 500 hockey, and they're still holding the first place spot in the Metro. Would I like them to win the Metro? Absolutely. But I also think that this is re- relatively the same roster that managed to get themselves a 15-20 point lead early in the season. I think that they will find it again. I don't know. I can't pinpoint why things are happening the way they're happening right now. I know LaViolette's saying they're working on it. In practice, they were working on breakouts. In practice, they were working on trapping in the neutral zone again. I think, finally, Hedl and Kako's injuries have kind of caught up to them. You clearly saw the issue last night with Zibanejad out. That And you couldn't even... We were talking about that shutdown line that was so good for them. You had to move Cooley up because you had to try and generate offense. Goudreau wasn't playing with his usual suspects. And you couldn't shut down the Cairo line. And that was the line that really killed you. So... There's a lot going on with this team right now that is not good. Do I think they can snap out of it? Absolutely. I don't think yeah. this is a doom and gloom situation where, oh, that's it, no, everybody. But, but they had issues last year, Don. We talked about it. It's relatively the same team. So you can't imagine that. You can't say that, oh, we couldn't see this coming. They've played like this before. Well, but it's a question that you have to have is, are they as good as their record? And the record says say they're no. one of the best teams in the NHL. And I don't think right now you can feel comfortable saying that they are 
one of the best teams in the NHL. Can they be? Absolutely. Last week I had them as number one in my uh, my, my five, and and now that 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 is not aged well as we go a week. And I a little hint: I don't even have them in the top five. Well, listen, week, Don, so. it's okay. Uh, you know, I said four, and you were shocked. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I'm right. It's very rare. But I don't even know all. if you'd have them four, right? I don't even have them in the top five. And so while we're on that subject, Anthony. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Yeah! Number 5. Now, I struggle. I've been struggling with this since I in- implemented this idea for the Friday Top 5. Okay. Is, am I a slave to who I believe the top five teams in the league are, or how much do I work in how well a team is playing right now? Like, it's always that kind of fight. So sometimes I kind of sprinkle in a little bit of love for the teams that are hot now. So even though they're ranked 15th in the NHL, which looks as average, I am still going to give my love as t- number five, the Edmonton Oilers. With their nine straight wins, with everything that they've been accomplishing here, road, uh, home, it doesn't seem to matter. I think they deserve it. You know, again, you look at the overall rankings and the firing of the coach, and it looked like they were the one of the worst teams in the NHL. They get it right now, so I want to give them some love, and I got them at number five. I don't hate what you did there. I was considering it as well. Uh, I know David Hine wanted to have some consideration for the crack, and I think they need to play a little bit better uh, in order to do that. I am kind of going a little off the beaten. Nah, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm kind of staring at the National Hockey League standings and kind of going that way. It certainly isn't one through five for me, uh, but I'm going to keep the Bruins at five. I know that they're five and five technically in their last ten, but three of those, as you pointed out, Don, in a row, OT losses. They put Vegas to the brink yesterday, who are three and seven in their last ten. Um, So they're not playing all together right now, but they're still the best team in the East. I find it hard to not put both the West and East top point performers at the moment as the best teams in in some capacity. So for me, I have the Bruins at number five. Number four. Let's go with the Colorado Avalanche. 18-5 and at home. That's very good. Uh, 8-1-1 in their last 10. Also good. Uh, they've won a couple of games in a row, and and Landeskog is actually skating. Like I can't even imagine this yeah. team if they're able to get him back and playing well. Not in love with their goaltending. I do think that could be an Achilles heel for them. But uh, you know, Taves has been great on the blue line. You know what McKinnon is. Rantanen seems to score every single night. So I've got the Avalanche at four. Everything you just said, I agree. Avalanche at four. Um, they're playing very well. Eight one and one in their last ten. Winners of two straight fourth most points in the league, third most in the West, which shows you how good the other two teams in the West are that we will probably get to, I imagine. So, going with Colorado at four. Number three. We'll stay in the East for now, though. And listen, I made the bold statement. They're going to win the Atlantic Division, so I've got the Florida Panthers at three. They've won nine in a row. We talked earlier in the podcast that Reinhardt has 30 goals. You know what Barkoff can do. I think Kachuk's going to have a bigger second half of the season. He's stuck on 12 goals. He's going to get way, way better than that. You know you know what they get in goal, especially with Bobrovsky. They they showed you that last year's run to the final was no fluke, and they picked up where they left off, and they seem to be getting stronger. They can roll four lines, physical. I've got the Panthers at number three. Yeah, me and you are in lockstep. Very boring for a top five, but I, I agree. Um, I love Sam Reinhardt, as Bill Pito says on the 150. Uh, I, I enjoy that very much. Uh, but they are they they're deep. They have a bunch of goal scorers, as you mentioned. Barkov not doing what he usually does, and when he gets there, watch out. Uh, good goaltending. Um, with Boston uh, scu- scuffling a little bit, uh, they can very easily overtake them in the Atlantic, and they're playing like one of the top three teams in hockey, which is why I have them at number three. 
Number two. I'm not ready yet, even though the standings say technically they're the best team in the NHL, but I'm going to leave them at two. The Winnipeg Jets, eight straight wins. We'll keep an eye on the Shifley situation. Playing without Connor doesn't matter. Hullabuck has been great. Ehlers has been great for them. Uh, what a great job the Rick Bonus has done with this Winnipeg Jets team. Nobody's talking about attendance anymore. They just go out there and win every night. Even in an off night against a bad team, they still found a way to win last night on the Ehlers overtime goal. I like the Winnipeg Jets at two. I was debating putting Florida at two, but I'm going to keep Vancouver there. Um, I am going to go boring and go exactly the way that the standings are showing. Uh, Vancouver... Uh, has shown that they are a team to be reckoned with. They are destroying the Metro right now. They're on a four-game win streak, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. One of the best teams in hockey, I continue to say and will keep saying, they are the best offense in the National Hockey League. I have them at number two, but for me... Number one. Yeah! Eight-game win streak, 9-0-1 in their last 10. The Winnipeg Jets are playing like the best team in hockey. At the present moment this week, I believe they are the best team in hockey. They only have given up 95 goals this season, I believe, taking a look at it. Yeah, I don't even know why I'm scrolling to the bottom. Uh, That is the best in the National Hockey League. uh, Two better than the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, I like their offense. I like their goaltending. I have the Winnipeg Jets at number one, which means you... I have the Vancouver Canucks. That's right. And there's a couple of reasons why I broke the tie and gave it to the Canucks. Again, you can't ignore the goal differential of plus 54. By far the best in the NHL. Very reminiscent of Boston last year. Yep. Also, like I mentioned, you know, this test Seattle, the Western team coming east. Well, that didn't bother the Canucks at all. Swept through the tri-state area, scoring 17 goals against the Islanders, Devils, and Rangers. Go to Pittsburgh, put up another four spot, winning that game against Pittsburgh. Pedersen's hot as anything. Besser's incredible. JT Miller, Hughes, uh, Demko's playing great between the pipes. I mean, listen, you can split hairs, but I just think... I need a little bit more to convince me that what Winnipeg is doing is for real. I'm convinced thoroughly that what Vancouver is doing is for real. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win the cup. Who knows? They can get bounced Pick in the round. But I, they've done it. It's really been from start to, to where we are right now. So I've got Vancouver at number one. I don't hate what you did Who there. are you taking out? I don't know. Well, probably. I'm sure Edmonton. Twitter will have thoughts. Yeah, they will. Let's uh, let's dive into the social media to close things out. Um, Haywood says uh, on the last game, it's conduct. You guys pointed out what is hurting the blue shirts. Don't let Igor's pl- play it out or just stay with Quick. Plus, which players would you think Drury is targeting for a trade? Listen, it's not like Quick's playing great either. You know, he hasn't won in his last three games. Um, Igor's going to be fine. There's a lot of other issues here. I still think Igor's the number one. As far as trades, I I think they need another defenseman. I, I And I don't know if you're going to be able to find a stud, but no offense to Zach Jones, I, I can't have him be my spare defenseman. I need to find a defenseman, but more importantly than anything else is to find another winger. We'll see, now, maybe Kako solves that when he comes back, and maybe he'll be on fire. But it wasn't like he was lighting it up before he got hurt. So a right winger and a defenseman is what I'm looking at if I'm Chris Drury. Look, I've seen a lot of stuff on Rangers Twitter. Uh, yeah, I don't think goalie matters at this point. The Rangers aren't playing well in front of either of them. Uh, maybe Quick has made some better uh, high-quality saves than Shesterkin over the last month. But either way, when you're giving up as many high-danger chances as the Rangers are, no goalie's going to look good, uh, and neither do at the moment. So I'm not really concerned about Igor or Quick's play until I see the team play better in front of them. And if it looks like Igor can't stop a beach ball then, then I would start mm-hmm. to get concerned. In terms of trades, Don, look, 
I saw a lot of stuff. Oh, you know what? Now that Drysdale's gone from Anaheim, why don't we trade for Trevor Zegers? Well, he broke his ankle, and he also makes, I think, $5 million a year. Um, the salary cap is a big thing for this team, um, and, and people are more than willing to move Philip Heedle, who nobody knows if he will return or not, so why would a team want him? And you're going to have to make the money work and get rid of Goudreau and get rid of Pitlick. I hear all, what all these people are saying, but I'm curious as to why you think people will be willing well, to do that if you're not giving up picks. Othman... Perot, some one of your top prospects. Like, in order to improve this team the way they think they need to, they're going to have to give up something. And I think yes is uh, you want to look to the Ducks. Bring yeah. Frankie V home. That's what you're saying. Or Strom. I mean, they both scored last night. I was thinking that as I was writing their names down when they scored. I'm like, boy, wouldn't it be something if they can bring oh. both of these guys back? So if you're going to be talking about the Ducks. That's what you're looking at, right? I mean, I, that's what I would be going for. Five rather, million. You know, Strom's five million nice. too, though. Listen, I don't know how you make it work financially. I don't. But um, one of those two, if not both, because look at what they were able to do. Tarasenko, maybe bring him home. Home, you know. Yeah, because Ottawa, you know, it's from his rental again. Can't last even call night. it home. Um, and listen, a lot of Ranger fans here on social media. NYR fanatic says I've seen numerous Ranger fans suggest or mention that they cannot win a cup with this core slash coach. Do you agree? And if so. Who would you go out and get? Uh, listen, I love Laviolette. I have no problem with him as a coach. You question the coach now? Already? Because he's won a cup. He's been to a final. No problem. Chris Drury has been nothing but a winner his entire life. I've, I'm not. I, I'm not down on the general manager or the coach. Now the core. Now I, I think you can win with this core, but obviously deals have to be made. Uh, and so I, I'm. I, I'm not going to completely sell out that last year proved that the year before when they went to the conference final was a fluke. I. I, I love Truba. I. I love Mika and Kreider and Panarin and Trocheck. I mean, I think they've got winners on this team, but they need a winger. They need, and I think another defenseman. They need depth. I think they need to be a deeper team, but I, I, I'm not, I can't, I don't look at this team, Anthony, and say, you can't win with this group. Well, look, I was beating that drum last year, right? You disagreed with me. I said, when they wanted to fire Gallant, and it turned out to be the right move, and I ate crow, and I ate crow, because clearly there was something that he wasn't doing, and Keandre Miller has had uh, articles with Larry Brooks about this. They clearly weren't getting prepared the way they needed to get prepared for games. Fine. But this is now this core's third coach. And if you want to question the, if I start hearing people questioning the coach again, you got to start looking from within and look at the players. Exactly. And I'm not saying that anything is wrong because the top two lines essentially are playing great. Whether it's that the Zibanejad line on the power play or the Trocheck line that's been one of the best lines in hockey this season, they're playing good. But we've seen in the playoffs that they have not gotten it done. And looking at how they play now, can't you see them get on a stretch in a game in a best of seven series where they don't play good defense? They go down early for nothing. They lose a game four to two, and it says, "Oh well, they fought, but you know what? Way too many di- chances against their five on five play isn't good." That's been a thing for a while with three coaches. Can I'm not saying this core is done, but at some point. You have to start questioning the players before you question a coach. This is this team's third coach that they've chosen. So someone's no, got to give it some point. You, you got to stop with that, you know. But I do think Laviolette is is a good coach, and I think they can win with Laviolette. Teams have won. He didn't just stumble into the final in Nashville and Philadelphia and win a cup in Carolina. Again, I know it's been a little bit of a while here. I guess when the Nashville going seventeen, so it's been six years. But you know, give me a break. Um, Paul says, hey, Don and Anthony, could you see a scenario where the Devils place Hamilton on long-term IR for cap relief? 
acquire and sign a guy like Hannafin to a long-term deal and then bring Hamilton back for the playoffs if they qualify and directly, indirectly circumvent the cap. You're trying to pull a Kucher off. I get it. I mean, I, I, it's kind of like what the Knicks are trying to do with Mitchell Robinson, right? Like, what can you do? Is he coming back? Some people say he's not coming back. It's out until April? You know, so yeah, I mean, that would be the case. Like, put him on long term IR, get some cap relief, replace him with a good defenseman, and then have Hamilton come back for the postseason. But they've got to address this goaltending, man. And and just quickly, Stu, who retweeted a uh, tweet from uh, James Nichols, who is a reporter for the Devils, that Vitek Vanacek is literally the NHL's worst goaltender in terms of goals saved above expected. Other goaltenders have been reassigned for less. This has been t- it's time for a change. They, they, they don't have... Yeah, but listen, where do you go? They don't have a goaltending on blue line. You're not going anywhere. It ain't internal, though, Don. We know what's internal. Akira Schmidt, is he is he on the team right now or is he down in Utica? It's, or wherever they are. Albany? No, um, they are in search of a goaltender and defenseman. Good luck. I mean, honestly. Now, Calgary, we talked about it earlier in this podcast. Brought it up with EJ Raddick a couple of weeks ago. Markstrom... Can you do that with Hannafin? But it's it's a lot of money. Uh, but I, the Devils have been laying in the weeds for a while, doing it the right way, bringing up the prospects, being young, trying to have affordable players. If they are really going to contend for a Stanley Cup, they're going to have to make some financial decisions. This they're going to have to. This will add to the excitement, Don. Our good friend Kevin Weeks, friend of mm. friend of the station, friend of the program. Yes. Put an eyeball emoji. And a picture of Jacob Markstrom. Now, Kevin Weeks doesn't do that for nothing. No, he's going to be gone. So that means something is close somewhere. Oh, There's no shortage of goaltenders available. But the problem is there's a ton of teams that are going to be in competition with each other because the other teams are looking for goaltenders too. Yeah. And you Markstrom's know, a good goalie. Hey, listen, you, um, you know, Stu... Sends the other tweet. You know, what's Flurry's future in Minnesota? Markstrom in Calgary. You've got uh, Merzlikens can be available in Columbus. Gibson certainly can be gone in the Ducks. Look, I All love right. Flurry. I, I I love Flurry. I think he's no, I think he's not. a character. He's fantastic. Roberto Luongo esque. I I think that if you're looking to make a, a run, I don't know if Marc Andre Flurry is the way to go. But. Better than what they have, by the way. So well, everything's better than what they have. But the question is, is that going to be enough? Because you're going to need a defenseman, um, and, and and maybe a couple. You know, so I don't know. There's a lot of issues there in New Jersey. They 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 have in a lot of ways they're kind of like the Rangers in the sense. That, I mean, they're different teams, grant you, different concerns, but they are high, both are highly skilled. So there's times where you don't play well, but because you have so much skill, you find ways to win games you're not supposed to. Like last night, they probably got a point they didn't deserve. They didn't play great early on, turned the puck over, didn't get great goaltending, down 3-1, but they got enough skill to to tie that game up. They had a goal disallowed as well from McLeod. So they very easily could have won that game. They probably got a point they didn't deserve because of it, and that means something. They accumulate points, don't get old. But if I, are you making a run with what you have here? The answer is clearly no. So what are you going to do? Lay in the weeds again, or are you going to try to strike while the iron's hot? And, and Hannafin and, and um, Markstrom are out there. you got to make some very difficult decisions. And they've got loads of talent and young talent that they might have to that really – Squint and swallow hard and give up on to be able to if they, if they believe that they're ready to make that kind of a run. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know if they are. And I think they didn't do the LTIR thing, Don, mainly because they were they were playing so badly when Dougie went down. 
And, you know, yeah, sure, you could circumvent the cap and try and get another guy in here, but then you have to, you know, you have to pay the piper at some point. So if you give Hannafin a long-term deal and you have Dougie Hamilton oh. long-term, look at the Rangers I, with all the with all the money they have tied up in like four or five guys. That makes it hard for them to I, make moves. I know that they were the chic pick to start the year, but when you look at the Eastern Conference and you look at how good Florida is and how good Boston still you know, still is, as you noted earlier in the podcast, even though I think they're hurting at center, they still find ways to get points every night, and they're still in first place in the Atlantic Division, first place overall. Uh, and and you look at you know what the Rangers can be, what Carolina could be. You have to ask yourself, even if you make these deals, are you in some sort of a position to make a run and sustain a run? Anybody can make a run. The, the, the history of the NHL, Anthony, is littered with teams that made it to the Stanley Cup final that didn't deserve to be there. We thought that was Florida, but they're proving us wrong. But there's plenty of teams that, so yeah, maybe they can, can they make a run? But can, is it sustainable? Can they become an elite team for the next decade in the Eastern Conference? And I, I don't know that. I know I, I, from an offensive standpoint, I know that, but they have no goaltending and no blue line. That Timo Meyer contract. They did what they had to do. No, no they did. It just it has to pay off for them. And right now. And, and, and again, it can, but again, offense isn't the problem for them. The problem is they never replaced any of the defensemen that they've lost over the last couple of years. Uh, Luke Hughes is a talented defenseman offensively, but you know, you need to shut down things in this league too. You no, know, I agree it, with you there, Don, but the $8 million a year they're giving him, if he's only going to produce... 15 points oh, no, in 28 yeah, games, that's, that could be spent on second pair, third pair defensemen. True. Better goaltending. And I'm not saying that's not going to work out, but this year, it's certainly not benefiting them that $8 million is with Timo Meyer, and he has they been felt, hurt and not playing well. They felt they were able to do that because they, when you look at the contracts, he, Shear, Hughes, they're getting those guys pretty much on the cheap for what those guys can accomplish. And you don't have to pay Mercer yet, and you don't have to pay Brat yet. Like So they felt like, from an offensive perspective, that was money they could spend because they're not spending a ton of money on any of their other offense. But that's fine for entertainment, and they are drawing crowds, and they are part of the conversation. But if you want to win, I can, I can name plenty of teams that could score tons of goals. But when we get to the playoffs, where every game is you know one nothing, two one, three two, and they're not they're not calling you know seven penalties a night, where you can mop up uh, uh, on on the power play, are they winning those games with this goaltending and this defense? No, they're not. So Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald's got a lot of decisions he's going to have to make, and it's not e- it's not easy. And we're halfway through the season now. No, but the good news right. is they're right there. Right? I mean, they're not they didn't bury themselves. So. And Hughes, and Hughes is hurt again. So uh, Injuries are a problem for that team, no question. They're not deep enough to be able to just to deal with the injuries they have, especially when the names are Hamilton and Hughes. And he sure, too. He was hurt for a while. So, yeah, I mean, this is a team that, yes, could they have made it a step if everything broke the way that they needed it to? Absolutely. But we, uh, we question the goaltending going in. That's been a problem. And now they're hurt. So the, the best part of their team is not keeping them afloat. I shouldn't say keeping them afloat, but keeping them in a playoff spot at the present moment. Well, I got to tell you, the addition of you is made for really great content and long content. I just uh, we, we like to lift the skirt here oh. on ESPN and on the podcast, but you know, Anthony had a decision to make. Does he hold it or just and do the podcast or, or relieve himself before? And you made the decision to relieve yourself before. Yeah, absolutely. You said, you know, I don't know if I can hold it for 30 minutes, and I laughed. And I was like, 30 minutes? We're already on 43. So you made the right decision there. Well, thank you, Don. I appreciate <laughs> it. I've had, a lo- I've had a lot of fun. This is 
something that me and you just do anyway when we're waiting for right. the pre-show meeting for the K-Show. So might That's as well true. put it in podcast form. Well, but listen, I appreciate it. A lot of fun. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Want to get in touch with us at Don LaGreca and at Anthony Pusick. Hashtag game misconduct. Now, here, we're not going to have one on Monday because Why? Uh, we're all off. That's right because of the Martin Luther King Day and the Knicks are going to be at 3 o'clock on ESPN, so we're not having anything. So um, let's just let, let's reconvene on Wednesday. Let's try to Sounds keep good. it to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, and we'll reconvene on Wednesday. Everybody, I think, at that point will be in the second half of the regular season, so really get to check out the landscape there. So enjoy all the hockey. Should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.